Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. to the 272nd episode of the Stone Cold Silver Podcast. Reza, 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 are your friends practicing social distancing? I think everyone's practicing social distancing, I guess, to the best of their ability so far, or mm-hmm. to the limits that the government is allowing them to do it. Mm-hmm. Like they're pushing it to the limit, if that makes sense. I've got, I've got friends that are at the, the sign of boredom, getting together and hanging out. Mm. And now one of them is saying that she, uh, he swears that his fiance got it because she reported a loss of smell and taste a couple weeks ago. Oh wow! And okay, it's coming out now that that is a potential uh, symptom. Symptom of carriers. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So. This is the same person who is when bored going outside. Yeah. So, so you're 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 socially distanced but isolated with a carrier, potentially a known carrier. And so maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um this social so the boredom aspect and like the desire to get outside is got to be, has got to be extremely hard in a city. Um, I told you that the other day I just bought a bike. I've been talking about buying a bicycle for, I don't know, ages now. And with this whole thing happening, I was like, I got to get, I got to get this thing ASAP because for me, I can get out on my bike and just ride around and not interact with anybody. Like, I told you the other day, I rode to the bike. I, I rode to the I rode to the park on Friday. It was it was like seventy five degrees on Friday, dude. The park was packed. There were so many people. All these people running around. All these people um, playing basketball. Like there were tons of people on the courts. I'm like this isn't social distancing at all. <laughs> there were people. There all these kids running around in the park and stuff. It was wild. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I got this. I'm glad I got the bike. Um, and even if I, even if I were running, I would be able to run because um, the way like where I live, I could run through this um, like this business park nearby, and it's going to be completely empty because ain't nobody going to work in this. Um, and even if, if even if they were, I'd be running like on the road or riding my bike on the road, not passing by in like passing by people. So I was really happy about that. But it's got to suck if you're in the city because as soon as you leave your apartment, you're on the sidewalk with, you know, hundreds of other people, thousands of other people who are also bored and want to get out of their place. And they feel like because they're not actually hanging out with somebody that they're being social, they're being socially distant. But when you're walking, when you're passing by somebody on the street who may have a cough or something like that, you know, who knows what you might get. Yeah. And, uh. To that point, I went for my first run yesterday, uh, 3.4-ish miles, testing the hip. Yeah. And how did, uh, how did it feel in the hip? The hip felt okay. I felt a little something. You still last felt it night. though. Mm. Um, but dude, I am so out of shape. I took a three-hour nap. 
I was so dead. But in the park, it felt like what the city would do if it was the first warm, like Saturday of the year. Yes. 75 degrees. Yes. Everyone's in the park. People are walking around. People are being really close, talking to people. It's like, it's like nothing happened. And I swear to you, so Carolyn and I are watching Mr. Robot, and we just finished season three, so we're going to buy season four. Wow, but look at you. You got flu. I know. Here's the thing. They're at a point right now where they have uh, implemented martial law. So you have the National Guard walking around saying, remember, the curfew starts at 9 p.m. and lifts at 4 a.m. Everybody stay off the streets. I swear to God, dude, we're going to need that shit because nobody's flattening the curve. Nobody's flattening the curve. Right, right, right. Like, all these people that are trying to flatten the curve, you know, we don't go out unless we really need to go out. We have consolidated all of our shopping to one day a week. We consolidated our, uh, our online purchases to all hit on the same day. So we only go down once. It's like, and we walk the dog during... Not only like less busy times of the day, but less busy times of the area. And we try and get people six feet. But then we got people that I know that are like, I'm bored. Do you want to go for a bike ride together? And it's like, yeah, maybe a bike ride's okay. But it's like the, the essence of the thing is like, what can I do to skirt the rules is how I see it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's just super selfish because... You don't know. Like, that's the thing about this uh, pandemic. You don't know if you're a carrier or not yet in America. And you don't know if your actions could severely harm someone else. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, like, his, he's saying that his fiance reported two weeks ago. So, if we do the math, we all got together for dinner around two weeks ago. Hmm. And another buddy of ours had to go to the emergency room because he felt like he was getting symptoms and he's very he's quite confident he had it based on you know him having a fever shortness of breath all this stuff and he said days six through eight are the worst you're just your body's so achy and exhausted and every little bit of activity feels like it's taking everything out of you you know it's not i keep going back to this thing like it's not the flu all the doctors on the front line. Every time I read a new report of like, I'm a nurse in a COVID quarantine hospital. Let me tell you what I'm saying. It's like, once you're on a ventilator, dude, you're dumb. Like, because there's no cure for this thing. Once you get onto a ventilator, it's like really hard to bring you back. Ventilator, intubated, in a coma. Fuck, dude. And we just don't have enough. And they're saying that like, Young people as 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 old as high thirties, low forties. They're like, once we put you on a ventilator, the ventilator should do its job and breathe for you. But these people are coughing up blood. They're it's foaming pink in the mouth, and so this isn't the flu. You know, I think that's one of the we we sort of shot ourselves in the foot here communication style to be like yo it's like during flu season it's a worse version of the flu yeah it's like it might be but explain how it's killing people then the flu sucks man i don't people people are at I, I, the thing that that kind of blows my mind is that people act like 
oh, it's not a big deal because it might not do anything. And even if I do get it, it's like, like you said, it's like a worse version of the flu. It's like getting the flu. Even if, even if symptom wise, some symptoms are similar to the flu. Have you had the flu? Like the flu, get, the flu really sucks to get. It's not like I'm out. Like if I hear, if I hear that a friend has the flu, I'm not going to go to that dinner where the friend's going to be who has the flu. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Cause the flu sucks. So I find it kind of surprising that people are, well, I don't know. I don't know if I find it surprising yet. I, I don't think I'm terribly surprised that people aren't taking it super seriously yet. I still think that it has to hit. And I was talking to my sister about this on the phone the other day because my sister's been on this story for a while. She's been, when we were going to England, which I should have mentioned, we are back. We were able to make it back. I'll tell you the story in a moment, like what, you know, how the, how the trip back went. But um, she was, she was, uh, like we were talking, I was like, I think that for a lot of people, and this goes for a lot of, this goes for a lot of just things in life and in general, for people to take something seriously, it has to affect you directly or someone that you know really, like, you know, someone that you know really well has to hit them directly for people to start taking it seriously. And unfortunately, while that has happened to a lot of people, you know, however many deaths that there are in the U.S. now, I think it's, the number was at 250 yesterday, maybe it's at 300 today, I didn't, I didn't check the numbers today, but for those 300 families or those, you know, you know, however many families that are affected and those people that are close to them, I think they're taking it super seriously um, for a large number of the people who've been infected and are on intubators and and, uh, and are seeing the, 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 the severe cases of this of this disease. I think they're taking it seriously, but all those people, you know, parting down in spring break in Florida. Like they're, they're certainly, they're not, I don't think they're being affected by it and or have been affected by it. And maybe in a few months, they, they'll have come to, re, you know, regret that decision, especially if they were the, a carrier who passed it to grandma when they went home because they were bored, you know, but I just feel like for people, for people to, to take it seriously, they need to, they need to see the direct effects, at least in this country. You don't, you don't, unfortunately, it's not as easy as, you know, say a country like China, where you can start like pulling people from their apartments because somebody heard you sneeze you know like i just can't see that happening here in the u.s right right i mean there was a clip of um somebody in jordan in jordan they've instituted like like martial law there's nobody on the streets and there's like a, a video of this guy he took it from his balcony these like cop cars are driving around and then some random civilian car pulls up they literally box it in they pull the people out of the car and they drive away. Wow. And they just left the car on the... Can you imagine that <laughs> no, happening here, dude? No, I didn't see that That's video either. That's shit. crazy. That's some Chernobyl shit. Wild. Yeah. So, um, they say that we're going to need to flatten the curve for at least, like, how many weeks? Uh, Eight, right? Eight weeks, but, like, that's, like, severe isolation for this to work. Yeah, and I'm and still don't even know. If it's like, is that enough? Is severe isolation enough? I've been reading all these New York Times pieces where they're talking about, you know, flattening the curve, and they show, you know, the the number of cases over the course of time. A lot of these have been like, you know, modeled by computers, and I don't know if if this severe isolation and actually, you know, truly abiding by it, like how how well that's is, does that count as like that severe um, action against this or does that is that just a moderate case yeah but sorry I, I sorry i interrupted but go ahead no it's fine it's like you you expect based on the uh on the models 
that it was going to take all this time. But do we know if in real life people are, are practicing it? And so I've been reading all these stories of like, you know, Singapore used to have it. Taiwan used to have it. They're business as usual now, dude. Singapore, all the malls are open up. Everyone's about to go back outside. All they do now is just have nurses around with infrared monitors and they test. But they were able to get in front of it because they aggressively test and they aggressively self-isolated and they enforced it very effectively. I didn't, I didn't, so, I didn't even know how it was there. So it's, I'm telling you, like, you know, I've talked about this in the past of like this feeling of American exceptionalism of, oh, we're in, we're America. We're better than everyone else. We're Americans. We're stronger than everyone else. But I think what this pandemic has proven is we're not, we're just as dumb as everyone else, if not dumber. We're unwilling, unable to follow the rules. In the case of Singapore, we, they, it never got as bad as the U.S., right? Because they and, they took act they took a very early action, right? Right. So the U.S. is kind of at a kind of too too far gone to get ahead of it like that. Um, and so I guess the 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 question is then okay, well, at this point now that we're finally taking it seriously, because the thing is, I think a lot of people didn't take it seriously because the government didn't take it seriously, right? Like if the, totally. if if all of a sudden you know if if these uh if these remain at home laws were were put in place by governments a month ago, but, but governments I mean like the, not just the national but state governments a month ago, we could have been ahead of this. You know, cases could be dying now. We could finally be going out like, like right now, right? But things are finally taking place now. But as we've described before, it's a two week period where you got to wait. Like, you don't know, do you have it? Did, did you give it to somebody else? Um, like, that's a, like, I haven't been back from England for two weeks. So I, I still might not show a symptom for two weeks. And if we happen to have it, if we happen to be curious and gave it to Lena's mom, she would, she, there's a, there's a, there's basically a month window, a month long window before we can kind of say, oh, okay, we're good. And the other thing I was thinking is, well, every time you have to go out to the store, every time you have to do something, you are exposing yourself. Do you reset your counter? Do you reset your two-week counter? Because you have no idea what you've come in contact with when you've gone out. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, you you, tr- you try. Yeah, you, you do the social distancing. You try to limit how many times you're you're out there and, and, and getting exposed. Uh, but I don't know with how many cases. Like, did you, see the, did you see the estimate that so there are, what, 20,000 cases in the U.S.? Again, that's yesterday's number, so I know it goes up every day. But let's just say 20,000. I just saw that the um, an estimate that so this comes from Columbia University. the The real number of cases out there is eleven times that in the U.S. So you're talking two hundred thousand people that are infected, maybe closer to three hundred thousand since those are yesterday's numbers. Um, like that's a that's a lot of people, man. Yeah, yeah, dude, and. It's, it's frustrating because we're all affected by it and we're all stressed out about it and no one no one wants to stay at home the way that we are but I mean Cuomo had to come out and be like y'all can't play basketball in the park yeah yeah it's it's really funny because I didn't hear him say that until after I got home from the from the park and I saw all these people playing basketball in the park I'm like yo all these people playing basketball in the park and yeah. then I hear Cuomo's like yo people can't be playing basketball in the park I'm like do I live in New York all of a sudden right and it's like the uh, 
in order to like maintain some sort of like thing of let's not cause mass panic we like took it not seriously and it's easy for people to be like man screw that i'm not listening to you i'm doing what i want to do yeah yeah and it's like all right well and you're gonna be one of those people on top of your house's uh rooftop when the, when the floodwaters come in and i'm gonna be in the helicopter i'm gonna fly right by it be like man fuck y'all oh i know i heard. know that's what you're gonna be saying for sure i just like i'm trying to i'm trying to schedule like uh these uh these board game sessions over uh zoom oh, so cool we uh we play this game called Seven Wonders. I think you'd really like it. Uh, it's like four ninety nine on Android or something. Uh, you should also download the game Takaido. T o k a i d o. Fantastic. Six, six, spell it one more time for me. Sorry. T t o k a i d o. Okay. It's free right now. I think. Oh, is it? Okay, um, it's on Steam for ten bucks. I just opened Steam. That's why I wanted to see if it was on the PC. Yeah, check it out on your phone. Yeah, I'm looking now on the Google Play Store. Um, because it was free, like yesterday or two days ago and it's a beautifully designed game um but these are a lot of the games that my friends and i play like in real life yeah and it's free free for another f- free for another five days it says just get it just get it and then try it out it's a gorgeous game super super simple to play to kaido uh and the and the setup and and whatnot. The goal of the game is very simple. I won't get into it now, but yeah. what I'm saying is also see if Seven Wonders, how much Seven Wonders is. Uh, because what we're trying to do is we all play the game at the same time. I can create a custom session of the game with a password. Everyone comes in. It's all your friends. We all get on a Zoom link. And we're basically playing board games together on yeah. our phone. And like it's not like we all have to set up the board a certain way and all that jazz. It's like, no, no, no. Like we're just gonna play right. one instance of the game together. And right. then when we're done, everyone quits out of the game, I create a new game, we're packing it. And it's only like each round is like no more than seven minutes, like the whole game. But then I was like, you know, do people want to do that? People are like, nah, I kinda wanna go outside. It's like, no, I understand you wanna go outside. <laughs> but you know. I don't, and then like these are the same people that get really nervous when something happens. Like, am I am I not taking this seriously enough? It's like you don't get to have it both ways. You're also like, why are you asking other people if your risk profile is correct? Do what you want to do, but you keep asking for other people's advice, and then you don't listen to their advice, and then you get upset when the other person gets upset. It's like that's not how this works. So. Yeah. Anyways, how did you get home? Yeah. So the home story. Um, so we talked last week and I told you that there was little chance that we were going to make it to the, the the proposed end of the trip. And I said I would likely be home before this, this before we recorded this episode. And that did happen. But it happened a lot earlier than we were expecting. Uh, we recorded on Sunday last week. Was it Sunday? Or, it was Saturday. We recorded on Saturday last week, right? And that that evening we got dinner and just as we were leaving the house, we were I got a text or not even a text. Lena got a text saying that uh, the travel ban that was, you know, to the European countries, just about all uh, EU countries had been extended to include uh, the UK and Ireland. And so at that point, it's like, all right, well, 
when is this happening? When 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 can we get home? But like I said, we were just leaving the house. I wasn't going to have internet because I didn't have data. So we left. I'm kind of just sitting there at the dinner, just like thinking about, okay, like, what, you know, what's the plan when we get home? Um, I had already been, I had already been looking at British Airways because they had said that we were eligible for a free flight change. Well, not a free, but like a, uh, what was it? For a flight change where we didn't have to pay the, um, a change fee. We would just have to pay the difference in the, in the flight fare. But I couldn't find that option anywhere. Anytime I would try to do it, it would come up with like $900 of fees because there was a $275 change fee per, per ticket. So we had two tickets. Um, and then there was a like $170 service fee, I think is what it called, what they called it for each ticket as well. And those, the, whatever the numbers were end up hitting like 200, uh, sorry, two, end up hitting like $890. And so, and like the difference in fare was less than a hundred, you know, with like for both tickets together. So we would have been paying like $950 to change the flight if I were to do it like that day, if I want to be super proactive about it. The problem was if I did want to, I couldn't come in, I couldn't get in contact with anyone at British Airways. So uh, if you call their number, you didn't even get put into a list. They would just say, our lines are basically too busy. Sorry about that. And, and they would just hang up. Uh, so I reached out to them on Twitter because that's actually how I got the information that said, yes, we were eligible, but it took them like two days to tell me that. So this flight, this uh, travel ban to the UK was going to kick in a, into effect uh, at 11.59 p.m. Monday night. It's Saturday. I didn't really have two days <laughs> to wait to hear from, for, to wait to maybe hear from British Airways. So that evening we get back, I'm sitting there looking on the site and nothing's changed. Still talking about charging me however much money. Um, my initial thought was that we might be able to make to like Thursday. That obviously wasn't happening. We had to leave before the end of the day on Monday. So I'm looking can't get anything starting to get a bit nervous about it because i can't get in contact with anybody i know that we're eligible but i'm like do i pay like do we just pay it the reason why the reason why like i guess the stress of it all is we didn't need to leave you know we we're not paying for where we're staying we're at her dad's house we have help with gordon you know we're comfortable we have a room to stay it's i'm not as comfortable as i would be at as I am at home, you know, just because this is my comfort, like this is what I know, right? Home, this home is my home. But, um, you know, I would have felt comfortable enough there to stay. It's just like the uncertain, the uncertainty of it all. So, uh, we, I think I just tried it again at some point randomly, and all of a sudden, when I like manage my profile, manage my booking, there was a link that were a uh, like a like a big red like box that was like your flight is going to be affected by whatever change click here to change your flight for free and what it allowed me to do then was to change my flight to monday um the plane was only half full so i was worried because i thought the flights were going to be filling up but they didn't flight was only half full and it let me change to it there was a price difference of about a hundred dollars um total so fifty dollars per ticket to switch to that flight they didn't charge us anything for it we were able to just do a one-to-one exchange for it so um, we got on that flight monday lane's dad drove us to the airport in london got there super early um well relatively early uh you know early enough that we were able to like feed gordon he 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 hadn't pooped for like two days he finally pooped just as we got to the airport so we were able to change him before we got onto the plane um uh get some food at the airport just to like take with us onto the plane and so did all that and dude this was gordon's worst flight ever like 
easily. He's he's uh he's almost eight months. It'll be eight months in a in a week. He's getting a lot more vocal about what he wants. Vocal meaning like screaming because he doesn't say words because he wants something and he will scream for it because he knows he he knows he wants it and he won't be he doesn't get distracted enough in that tight space to forget about it. And so like if you're holding him in your lap and he sees something on the seat next to you, like a pillow, he wants it. He wants to reach over and grab it. And as I pull him away from it, he just screams. And uh you know, we're on a plane. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to be those parents with the, the loud baby. Uh, so the first like four, four to f- yeah, four hours when he was awake were tough. I didn't want him to sleep on the plane because I was worried that when we would land in Philly and go to sleep that night, he would wake up really early. But at that, honestly, at that point of the flight, I was like, he can go to sleep at any point. I don't care. I just need him to stop screaming. Uh, he did eventually fall asleep slept for most of the flight or no uh, sorry most of the, the last half of the flight mm-hmm. and uh got home had no problems in philly there was they gave us um you know your typical customs card right and then um they also gave us a like a screening sheet and it was asking each person this is for every person so every individual had to fill this out including gordon um you had to like you know put your name blah blah, blah and then state the countries that you travel to while you were gone and we arrived we arrived in philly go go through um immigration and lane and i both have have a global entry so we start walking towards global entry there's a woman there and she's like oh do you have global entry we're like yeah and she's like does the baby too and i'm like he's a baby she's like yeah he he needs it too and i just like kind of stopped like he's seven months old like he needs he needs global entry she's like yes i was like i don't believe her so we uh (laughs) because like she wasn't she wasn't like at the uh at the line like you know stopping you she was just kind of directing traffic so we walk over to the next person she says the same thing gordon the baby needs global entry and i was kind of surprised because i like i don't know i guess i understand the logic of it with with uh, global entry you need like the fingerprinting and all but i guess i just didn't imagine this happening for kids like a kid would need it i don't think a can a baby get global entry is that possible and so we go i think under two they're okay they're under two. They're like they don't need it. Or six months. I forget what the thing is, but I believe there may be something. See, I never looked it up. I'm gonna look it up in a minute, like after we finish recording. But I was just kind of sh- surprised because typically these things kind of extend to the baby from the parent, and so like I didn't want to. I I wasn't arguing, but I was being difficult <laughs> because I was frustrated with the whole flight. It's 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 not late, but it was late by our standards because again, it was a, what a four hour time difference. So it was it was what we were used to, like two a.m. when we're here. One, I think one a.m. And so she's like, "Well, you two can go through, but the baby has to go to the other line." I just stop. I'm like, "So we can go through, and he can just crawl over and do his thing over there." Because like, what, what kind of? And, I, and so she's like, "No, you guys can like go through together, but then you're gonna have to all go over that side." I'm like, "Well, why would we do that?" And she's like, "Exactly." And I'm like, "Why are you telling me this shit?" Like just. <laughs> So uh, we just left, went to the other side. The line was really short, um, so we still got through really easily. We got through uh, to baggage claim before the bags had arrived, before the bags, before they had even listed the, the the belt that our bags would be on. And so we were like, "Well, we got to change Gordon." Like he's he's been he'd uh, so on the plane because he was sleeping super fussy. We only changed him once, uh, about two hours into the flight. Which typically, like the the max time we like him in a diaper is about four hours because after that he'll start to leak out that diaper, 
So it's been a long time. We were certain that he'd been leaking out of the diaper. So we had to get him changed. So we head over to the bathroom, change him. But we had to change all of his clothes because sure enough, he did leak onto them. So it took time. It took like 10 minutes to change the diaper. Um, you know, Lainey goes to the bathroom. Go go over to the baggage belt where we finally see, okay, that we have a number. We can walk over there. There's no bags there. There's no people around. Um, in fact, after we had changed diaper, after we had changed Gordon... And Lena went to the bathroom. There was an uh, one of the officers started walking towards me because I was just kind of standing there. I guess he thought maybe I was confused or lost or something. Then he saw Lena walking out the bathroom. He started laughing. He's like, "Oh, you're waiting." I see. He's like, "I didn't." He's like, "I saw you kind of standing over here. I was just seeing if you needed something." Um. So we started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Word. I'm literally okay. just standing there holding a baby, texting. Um, yeah. So, uh, I started. We started walking over to the. Uh, to the customs checkpoint to sit like because there are a couple officers there and i'm like yeah we had a few bags on the plane but there's nothing on the belt and one guy's like well yeah they were, no one claimed them so we, we moved them and i was like it's been like five ten minutes tops like there was no belt we went to change the baby's diaper he's like yeah well we're close so like i don't let to tell you or something like that. i was like yeah well i had a bit had a dirty diaper i needed to change like, i don't let to tell you like <laughs> so they uh they they started searching the bags because they were unclaimed bags so they'd search through one of the bags they took us back. We were able to pick them up without without them checking the other bags. But because of this whole this whole thing, I guess because of this whole thing, they actually never took that sheet from us that was saying, what countries did you travel to or did you travel to any of these other countries? Now, because we were coming just from England, it wouldn't have mattered. We wouldn't have needed any secondary screening because we hadn't hit that travel ban date yet. But nobody spoke to us. Like nobody actually – oh, no, sorry. The immigration officer did ask what country we visited um, and there were people in England who asked what countries you were, but those were just like verbal, like, did you, or did you not? Nobody actually looked at our passport, looked at the stamps to see if we had gone anywhere. Uh, this guy seemed to have just taken our word for it. I don't recall him at least looking through, look through the stamps to see if we had been anywhere else. But, uh, after that, we, we, we left, went down, met with Lena's mom and, uh, and went home. That, that was that. I found that whole airport, the airport situation, super annoying. The flight was super annoying. I told Gordon, I was like, I'm not flying with him anymore. Like, I can't do this. On a long flight, on a long flight, uh, on a trip that's not completely nece- like that's not necessary. I don't know. I just I gotta feel like people people have to people have to make that trip to us because I don't really want to travel with a baby. It's not it's not fun. I mean, does does Lena feel like this is a non essential trip? I, not. I mean, I guess you could say anything is not essential, right? I mean, it's to visit family, and, and some of that family can't make that trip to us. So that was part of the thing. It's like, well, they can't visit us, and they're not going to be around forever. So we want to make sure that they can meet Gordon because for a lot of them, that's like, you know, her dad on her side, on her dad's side, first grandchild, um, even on her mom's side, actually, now that I think about it. So it's, it's first it's first grandchild for that for that member of the family. A lot of people wanted to meet him. It was a big deal for them. So I wouldn't say it's not essential. And the thing was, because the trip had to be cut short, because of the social distancing that just like, I know we weren't doing it to the max. We didn't interact with a lot of people. We didn't see a lot of people that we were supposed to see. So I know that if, if the, uh, if we could, she would definitely want to go back like sooner than late, sooner rather than later. Uh, there are like a couple of events coming up this summer, her, her aunt's birthday, as well as her, um, uncle's wedding. So those would be opportunities to go. I just I, like, and it, and that's a, an if, because if this thing has blown over by that point, I mean, it's late summer, so who knows, but, um, 
Yeah, I just don't know, man. It's it's hard. It's it's tough, and it's tough. And I just because uh, it, it's it's a hard decision for me to make. Because if I were to say, yeah, I'm not doing it, then I'm basically saying you're not doing it too. Because I'm not sure Elena would want to do that flight by herself. You know? Yeah. 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 It's not easy, man. I know that it's easy to yell at all the people with babies, but we're all going to be in that position potentially at some point. Yeah. I I just uh, gotta fly private. Gotta fly private, Reverend. I know. What are you doing? I know. What are you doing? I know, right? That's my mistake. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I. It's weird because, like, he flies free, so it's not like I'm spending extra on his ticket. But this, like, if we do have another kid, there's very little chance that we're gonna want to fly with with the two of them, with an infant and then toddler Gordon. Um, it's just a lot to handle. It's a lot to handle. Like it, it, Gordon takes both of us on a plane. It definitely takes the, it definitely takes the two of us to handle him on such a long flight. And so, if we were to have a toddler, if we were to have toddler Gordon and then another baby, that would be so much harder than than it is right now. And I'm, I, I said this before we had a baby. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not flying anywhere when we have a baby. And we've already flown. I don't know how many times, but. If it were up to like if it was me, I I I, ha, I wouldn't I wouldn't be in initi- I wouldn't be initiating these flights like these trips. If I were to do anything, it would be like all right, let's uh let's drive like to a Virginia Beach or something like that. Throw them in the back of the car, you know, take our time. What, what could be like a four or five hour journey? Well, let's make it like a seven hour journey so we have stops and there are all these other things. But uh, is, is Lane okay with that? Uh, we haven't really talked about it like that. We haven't really we haven't really because like so where we have gone are florida and england florida is her mom's house and england is her dad's house florida uh so late her mom's house her mom lives with us but she has a house there she's you know split her time between the two uh it's it's super easy it's it's like it's free to stay there that's a that's one of the most important that's one of the most uh expensive parts of a trip is the actual stay, not getting there, but the stay of where you're going. And so that's the appealing part of Florida is we can stay somewhere that's warm. It's not like, you know, there's not immediate beach access or anything, but there's a pool there. It's comfortable. It's your own space. So that's the appealing aspect of it. Like, I haven't really thought about a proper, like, family vacation um, on my own, but so that, that that's part of the problem. I had never initiated something. If I were to, if I were to initiate, then I, I think it would be possible. I just haven't even really thought about it like early enough. Yep. I get it. I get it. You're right. I mean, that sounds like it's a very helpful conversation to, to start having to figure out what's the best way to do it, especially if you want to start bringing Gordon to all of your siblings' places to introduce him. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, all of them have actually met him. They all came here for Thanksgiving, so that was the opportunity. But um, smart man, smart man. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We'll see in the future. Um, just kind of, I don't know. It's it's he's changing so much. He he's crawling and pretty fast now. He he quickly evolved from just dragging himself on the ground to now properly crawling. So if you leave him anywhere, he is he. It, like yesterday, I changed him. So what I think Lena was. I can't. I don't think she was napping. I can't remember what she was doing yesterday. But I'm hanging out with Gordon, and 
I go to th- I like I change them and I we have like a changing table, so I wasn't gonna leave him on the changing table and throw away the diaper. So I had to put him back onto the floor and then pick up his diaper and throw it away. In that time that I got into the kitchen uh, trash can to throw away the diaper and then wash my hands and turn around, he's like halfway to the kitchen from where I put him. So like you know the living room space where you and Carolyn were sitting, he's sitting he's sitting like on a blanket there. And there's, you know, there's the open steps to the basement that are around. So I got to put these gates up after we record this podcast. I got to start looking at how to put these gates up. Um, he's like halfway to the stairs. And I'm like, dude, I'm just coming back, man. I didn't need you to come over. This- <laughs> I didn't need yeah, you to right. come all this way to see me. So one thing I had to do yesterday was buy a, uh, I went to the store and I bought a, a little activity, an activity center for him. So he, he sits in the middle of this table and he can sit stands. You can actually set it up where he would stand in it because he's getting really good at standing. He loves to crawl to you when I'm like sitting on the ground and he like pulls himself up so he can stand up. So he's, he's really trying to start walking like ASAP. So he'll stand in the middle of this table and he'll be able to spin around in it and, and play with different toys that are there. And the, the idea of it was just to get something where we can actually put him because he's gotten too big for just about every like seat like every like relaxed seat that we have for him so hopefully we can just you know get our hands free of him for like five seconds because these days we just like somebody's always got to be with him and through this whole quarantine process that would be really would really really tough mm-hmm. to always have somebody holding him at all times yeah yeah i mean totally totally get it yeah um but i'm really glad that you guys are home yeah, I'm really glad that you guys are able to weather all of this craziness from a place that is familiar and under your own control. Yep. Uh, really happy that infants are not susceptible to this somehow. Cause yeah. That's normally not the case, and I think that's the last thing we all want to to be dealing with as parents of uh, as you guys are the parents of uh, a newborn right infant. Is when is when he when is he no longer a newborn? I don't know when he's no longer a newborn, um, but infant for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, should we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, let me answer this question. About two months for a newborn. They say newborn is zero to two months. Well, okay. Infant two months to one year. Toddler one to four. Supposedly, uh, this is just literally one link. But we're gonna that's that's what we're gonna stick with. I, I ain't doing any more research than that. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. Stay inside.